Restoration Counseling Podcast number nine. Here we go. The information you receive in this podcast is not a substitute for professional counseling. If you or someone you know is hurting, we encourage you to please talk to them and have them contact their local professional counselor. Welcome to the Restoration Counseling Podcast. It's not for therapists, it's for everybody. I'm your host, professional counselor, Jared Pogue. Not everybody needs therapy, but certainly everybody needs a little help every now and again. We help people understand their world and their relationships one step at a time. This week, I'm going to be interviewing professional counselor Troy Snyder about anger. This was a fantastic interview and was certainly my privilege to facilitate this. Uh, Due to the quality and length of this interview, I've had to break it up into two separate episodes. No surprise there. I want to take up as little time as possible here at the beginning, uh, just because the quality of the content is so good. So without further ado, I give to you my interview with Troy Snyder. Troy Snyder, a professional counselor. I've been doing professional counseling uh, for over 17 years. Um, I believe that it is a calling in my life uh, to help people um, work through whatever struggles that they have in their life. Um, I specialize in two particular areas, um, sexual addiction and anger. Um, And I work with uh, a variety of populations, but primarily adult males, adolescent boys, um, and then families. Uh, and so I have a passion in that area, and I love to teach people how to work, particularly about our topic today, work out of anger. You'll never get rid of it, but you can work through it. I like that. I think that's good. I'm assuming that population is going to include marriages at some point, too. Yes, and primarily within marriages, uh, I will see anger in one of the spouses, and if I can work with them so that they can get to the heart of their anger... And begin to work through that it will actually help the other spouse and then you have to train the other spouse how not to react you yeah. know out of their out of their conditioned response to their angry spouse for many many years and yeah. so it's it's a it's a it's a pleasure to kind of help them walk through that that conflict yeah uh, i think it was winston smith who said that if one person in the marriage gets better the marriage gets better uh, i always liked that understanding it's a, it's a very true statement and it will um it will help them uh, see progress. And when both of the couples, both of the people in the coupleship takes a small ownership of their problem, it does get better. Yeah. Within a week or two. Wow. You know. Wow. Not, not a, like, no, not a total transformation. Sure, 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 sure. But, but still, uh, that's, that's something. Um, I think I want to talk about couples a little bit yeah. later. Sure. We've introduced the, the topic of anger. I said it to you earlier. I, it's easy to spot and identify when it's loud and bold. Yes, it is. Um, when someone's mad at Chick-fil-A or someplace like that and they're making a spectacle of themselves. Easy to identify. Very. I, I'm 
thinking you're like me in the sense that anger can be more subtle too. What would that subtlety look like? Well, you know, we've used the word in, in the clinical world, passive aggressive, right? So uh, someone who's going to withhold, love, withdraw, uh, undermine, yeah. uh, pull away from somebody, you know, take little jabs or comments mm -hmm. like that, even with a smile. And that's that mm -hmm. I'm really, I'm really angry and I'm going to poke you, but I'm not going to scream, yell, spit, scream, any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to do it subtly. Mm -hmm. I'm going to sort of pick that scab. Um, Would you say that's the majority of anger out there? Is that more abundant than the loud, bold type? Yeah, I think it, it, it happens a lot in uh, someone who has a strong moral value, right? right? They know that, you know, yelling, screaming isn't, isn't appropriate. Um, so they may say, well, I'll go this, this subtle route. Um, you'll see it in uh, situations where somebody has been hurt by what mm. we call outburst or aggressive anger. And so they swing the pendulum the other way and mm. say, I don't know, I'm still angry, but I don't know how to deal with it, but I'm going to deal with it in a, in a subtle way. So, yeah, you, you'll see it um, mm. in more subtle ways um, in our culture. But yeah. then there's others. You can look on TV every day and find some element of outburst of anger within the news in some way everything yeah. from you know shooting somebody to road rage to you know a domestic violence situation mm -hmm. so it comes in both forms i don't know if we can split it down the middle yeah i was gonna say is it one of those things where quiet subtle almost passive aggressive style anger eventually turns to loud anger yeah and sometimes we use the word stuffers and shouters but stuffers always become shouters at yeah. some point Right. I, I can, you know, a shouter is someone who who doesn't necessarily have the uh, the ability to exercise some self-control. So when they get provoked, because anger needs provocation, sure. when they get provoked, they just automatically yeah. dispense it. Where a stuffer takes it, stuffs it down, stuffs it down, may do some passive aggressive stuff, but then eventually will will blow, whether that's a weekend, six weeks in, sometimes even in some marriages I've seen where it's six to eight years in. I'm yeah. tired of your stuff and they finally blow up at them. Yeah. Maybe I mean, that's why they always say the first and the seventh years are the hardest of marriages. Yeah. Uh, that would that would fit that timeline really well now that I'm thinking about it. Like, yeah. okay, maybe that's what they're saying is there's But brings that that brings us to a good point of the fact that what really is anger you know, anger is, I use the term, like you kind of mentioned a little bit in the first podcast about, uh, it's a secondary emotion. There's usually some pain or hurt underneath, such as one may feel disrespected or, or, or undermined or may feel sad or hurt or anxious. And then they use anger, whether passive aggressive or aggressive, as a way to try to communicate that. Well, yeah. it never works. Mm. Right? It never communicates what's really going on. And it almost always gets a reaction from somebody. So yeah. if you're screaming at me, I'm not going to go, oh, you must be really hurt. Yeah, They're going to either withdraw or scream back. So for the angry person to really sit back and look at what's really in my heart. What are my fears? What are my concerns? What are my feelings underneath? Because once I can identify that, I can find a, a healthy way to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, give me some examples of those those <clears throat> underlying emotions that you're talking about. Yeah, sure. So uh, I'll use a guy, for instance, right? A, a number one 
uh, a high need of a guy is a feeling of honor or respect or affirmation, right? Mm-hmm. So if a guy um, feels criticized, rejected, um, undermined, um, dishonored, um, that's a feeling that's underneath. It may be a state that he's in, but it's a feeling he's underneath. And um, if he doesn't, if he isn't able to identify that, process that with somebody, or talk to the person who's provoked him about that, it's going to boil inside. Mm. And then he will, you know, maybe be aggressive, yell, shout, um, make statements like, "You don't care," you're, you're, or maybe make other statements to that person that's, um, you know, blaming them. Mm. And the reason we tend to know this is that, especially, I know we're not talking about couples fully, but in a coupleship, we see this cycle where the couple goes through this major conflict and anger, but then they come out the other side and there's some ownership. And they then, on the other side of the fight, they talk about the emotions underneath. Well, I just really felt hurt by you or not heard or yeah. disrespected. They talk about it on the other side of the argument. and But it was always there. Yeah. But our maybe in our culture... And especially within the male culture, they don't know how to talk about how they feel. Mm. They don't know how to express that. And, uh, and then anger is somewhat uh, promoted in our culture. The, the, the being, you guys say, what do you mean by that? Being, uh, you know, being a man, you know, mm. uh, boys don't cry. Um, you've got to be strong. You've got to stand your ground. You've got to mm. fight the fight. Um, but we're, we're men. We're humans. Hmm. We have another side of us that is the emotional side. And if we neglect that, we're going to be just uh, uh, sort of a, a strike waiting to happen. You know, a, a, a match to a, to a gas really quickly ready to go. Yeah. So I, when I work with people, especially guys with anger, I, I try to help them. I try to help them understand that they can, uh, they can admit that they're angry. And then I ask them to paint the scenario of what has caused them maybe to be angry. And then I ask them to look at that scenario and say, how do you think another person would feel if they were in your shoes? Mm. It takes them out of the situation. And so if they're driving down the road and they're minding their business and they're driving well and somebody cuts them off, right, they may get angry. But if I ask him to tell me about his drive... And I say, well, what might somebody else feel in that situation? Say, for instance, what might your wife feel in that situation? And he'll say, well, she may feel scared. And I'll say, well, did you feel scared too? Did you feel a little threatened? Um, Or they might say, um, I I felt a sense of injustice because Mm -hmm. that person got away with something that that I couldn't or they shouldn't. Yeah. And so you start to help them understand what's underneath their anger, the emotion and the and the real meat behind it. Because when you get there, they can begin to manage that better. There's yeah. a couple other things you can do before that, but that's that's at the heart of the issue. Yeah. Because I find if I take a, I'll take a guy, for instance, if I, if I see him getting chronically angry, I can look at his last five events and see a theme hmm. through those. So if I said, tell me the last five anger outbursts you have yeah and he displays them tells me what they are and i can say do you see that thread through there do you see that theme of feeling less than do you see that theme of feeling rejected 
Do you see that theme of feeling whatever feeling? Yeah. Would you want to plug in there? Absolutely. You use the term uh, anger management. Yes. That's It's real popular. I think you hear it a lot in the culture. Yeah. It's certainly misrepresented in media and a lot of other places. I want to hear more about anger management yeah. specifically. I, you know, I'm wondering, is it is it something to be managed at the end of the day? Is it is there a cure? I mean, what's the, I guess, how would you look at those? Yeah, I, I think you can look at anger management as um, it is a real, anger is a real issue that we have, and it is our responsibility to manage it when it comes, because it's going to come in life, uh, whether you're, whether you're just living in this world and you see, say, a, a, a political difference or you see a war going on or you see poverty that's going to provoke some sort of frustration or you live yeah. with the family and your wife or your kids or your grandparents or somebody, you're, you're going to interact because we're, 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 we're messed up humans, right? Yeah. We're going to have conflict. So anger management is being able to recognize that I have it Okay. looking at what is the cause of it, but also kind of what most people think of the anger management are the behavioral techniques that one would use to reduce that anger. Yeah. And that's that's what we call, I call a frontline defense, or, or frontline defense. Um, so we hear things like counting to 10 or counting to 100 yeah. or sitting down or doing muscle relaxations. Deep breathing techniques. Deep breathing <laughs> techniques. All of those we use to try to... Uh, that that's the beginning of anger management that's not the solution to the anger it w those techniques are fantastic if you recognize you're angry and you go okay let me sit down for a minute let me take a breath yeah let me count to 10 let me count to 100 the whole goal of that is what i use the term is to arrest the body because when we get angry we also get that similar anxiety uh, fight or flight response yeah right typically the adrenaline fight type of the thing. adrenaline and so my body then begins to take over. So if I use those techniques to arrest my body, to kind of calm me down, yeah. then I re-engage my brain in the logical area to yeah. think through what's bothering me. But if I get, I don't want to say it's a point of no return, but if I get to a place where it's, I'm so physically charged yeah. and emotionally charged, my, my body tends to take over. It doesn't excuse your behavior, but we do see things like rage or blackout yeah. anger yeah and people don't remember what they have done mm. uh, because they're so chemically induced at that point it never excuses their behavior but they're they're so high on that adrenaline chemical thank you for joining us for the restoration counseling podcast our podcast is a product of restoration counseling of atlanta located in roswell and woodstock georgia if you'd like to ask questions or inquire about counseling, please feel free to do so. You can email us at info at restorationcounselingatl.com. Again, that's info at restorationcounselingatl.com. If you'd like to contact Jared, please feel free to email him at jared, J-A-R-E-D, at restorationcounselingatl.com. Thank you.